You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. And here's your host, Vince. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to issue 11 of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. Got lots of great stuff lined up for you this week. And even though he can't seem to make it to his own podcast, Roger seems to be uh, quite the fixture on this one, at least. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. It it, it shows that at least I can accomplish something in a given week. If if nothing else, I can make it to the comic podcast. Let let me know how important I am that I'm the one that you managed to show up for. Well, it's the least thing that I can do. So I wouldn't oh. don't don't get too full of yourself, lad. <laughs> <laughs> well, this past week saw New York Comic Con. Uh, lots of fun, you know, pretty much marking the end of the convention season for a lot of people. Now, uh, on issue one, we talked extensively about San Diego Comic Con, which, let's face it, is the event in the comic universe. New York Comic Con, nothing to laugh at. But, you know, really, most of the big companies have already brought out everything that they're talking about. So New York Comic Con is more, you know, a couple cool little details, uh, just, you know, moving things forward into the next year. And we saw lots of cool stuff this year. Just going to touch on a few of the notes briefly. And of course, at the top of the list, the one that excites both of us the most, is they have absolutely confirmed that Batman Beyond will be continuing as an ongoing monthly series i bet you can't wait for that that is awesome as long as they get the proper team for the writing and the art i don't know if they announced that yet or not did they they said the same team from the miniseries adam beechin and ryan benjamin are going to be continuing and the first issue of the full-blown series comes out in january that is awesome that is great. I, yeah, I, I <laughs> that really makes me very happy because these guys know what they're doing. The the artwork is fantastic and the writing is among the best writing that I'm currently seeing in comic books. It's really well done. The character development for them is great. And I mean, it's hard to take uh, a character like Batman, like Bruce Wayne, and make him something that's completely different and still so very engaging. And because of the age with Batman Beyond, they tackle a lot of things that otherwise you don't get to see with that character. So they're allowed to to, to handle him far differently than we've seen throughout every other kind of Batman iteration there's ever been. Yeah. So uh, really looking forward to that one. Now, DC came out with probably the biggest news of the con, and it's kind of one of those good news, bad news situations. Uh, for about the past year or so now, one of the the biggest issues to keep coming up to all the various comic companies is the price of their comics. Uh, there's a lot of comics have been coming out at the $3.99 price point lately, and uh, that's that's been a bit of an issue for a lot of fans. So DC came out at Comic-Con. Good news. Starting in January, every ongoing DC comic will be $2.99. Anything that's currently $3.99 will be brought down to $2.99. Anything that's currently $2.99 is going to stay $2.99. Bad news, any comics that come out at the $2.99 price point, they're taking two pages out of it. So it's only going to be 20 pages of story instead of 22 pages of story. That's a little confusing to me. 
<laughs> well, it's all just marketing. I mean, not marketing, but just economics. The the less they have to put into a comic book, the cheaper then it is to produce. Whether you're talking about everything from the writing, the art, the coloring, the lettering, even just the raw materials, the the paper itself, unless they plan on just putting more advertising, which then brings you right back to the same point that it's all just economics. It, it's it. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. You know, they're reducing the 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 cost by seventy five percent, but reducing the content by ten percent. So I mean, I'm sure there's a magic number in there somewhere that's working for them. Uh, we'll ha- definitely have to see how it works out. And then Marvel, of course, hearing this news at every time somebody from Marvel stepped up on stage, people were asking them about it. And Marvel said, you know, they do have plans to bring some of their titles down to two ninety nine. But still keep some of them at three ninety nine. Determining upon, you know, the what they're the content they're including. A lot of Marvel books have backup features, you know, side stories, backstories, stuff like that, to to make it a little more worth the extra dollar. But the thing about Marvel is they've always said they don't want to reduce their price point back down because they don't want their retailers to reduce to lose any of that revenue. You know, if they're, if you're lowering the price by 25%, that's 25% less revenue for the actual retailers. And of course, that's completely untrue because <laughs> I was reading an article this past week where they asked retailers about the price point and they've said since most of the titles have gone up to 399 they've actually seen their sales decrease they're getting more per issue but they're just selling less issues so i don't know marvel was leading the charge on this whole 399 thing and everything they're saying sounds good it just doesn't make sense well the thing that i find too is that far too many issues now as well are getting the little side stories at the end or the um like i mean to a certain degree i i like the recaps when i'm completely lost (laughs) we'll see some of that later (laughs) um but we're seeing complete side stories or advertisements for other comic books from whether it's Marvel or DC, and sometimes it's quite a few pages. So quite frankly, they don't need that in there. I didn't pay my X amount of dollars to be able to read, you know, five or six or more pages of something that I care nothing about. To me, that is a complete waste of my money. I paid because I wanted to read this series. So they can cut the cost by taking those out. I understand it's advertising to try to sell more, but find another way to do it then because there's a lot of money that goes into that could be shaved off from that. Granted, yes, they're putting in sometimes the same series the little preview in multiple comic books. So it's not like they have to pay over and over to get the artwork done, but still it's, it's not something that has to be there. So shrink the size of the comic book to just be the actual comic that you want. And then you'll cut some costs as well. It's definitely something we're going to be discussing as it goes on. Cause this next year is going to be very interesting for the comic industry with, you know, price points and the rise of digital comics and the rise of piracy as well. It, Something is going to happen in this next year, and uh, we're going to have to see uh, where that goes. But we're going to move on from that discussion because that could fill up the entire episode. And just talking about some of the few little things that they did announce. Uh, We saw teasers for the next X-Men story arc. Uh, Currently, they're going through the Curse of the Mutants fighting the vampires. And they talked about how the next one is going to be called Serve and Protect, with the X-Men going back back east to New York for some as yet unrevealed reason. And uh, whereas Blade is, you know, 
teaming up with the X-Men in Curse of the Mutants. They said Spider-Man is going to be teaming up with the X-Men and serve and protect. And they showed up an, off an absolutely awesome cover with uh, Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, Emma Frost, and Spider-Man wearing one of those awesome variant outfits that they showed off uh, in the big time teaser at San Diego Comic-Con. So that looks like it's going to be very interesting. And some interesting news, they said that each story arc of X-Men is actually going to feature a different artist with Chris Piccolo taking over for the serve and protect art. Now, Chris Piccolo, great artist. I loved his work on Amazing Spider-Man, but I absolutely love Paco Medina's work on X-Men. I'm, I'm sure Piccolo is going to do great, but man, Medina has just captured the X-Men so well in his issues. I, it's I th I don't know. See, that's one of the things that I'm actually a little torn on because I think that bouncing around too much with the art is actually not good for a series. So it's gonna I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see how they can pull it off. Yeah, but you know, also you have to think you know the way that they're structuring the X Men title. It's not going to be as cohesive as some of the other ones. It's not telling one long storyline over fifty issues. It seems to be rather self-contained from storyline to storyline. So it might fit the the concept of the series. Uh, we saw some more cool X Men news. Uh, they they teased Age of X, which uh, they haven't given much information on, but they're saying it's going to be kind of like an Age of Apocalypse alternate future. Seems pretty interesting, as well as the return of the Astonishing X-Men starting in issue 36 next year. Good news and maybe not so good news. It's being written by Daniel Way, the mastermind behind Dokken and Wolverine Origins and a lot of other stuff we haven't liked recently. So eh, we'll see. But they also said that they're launching another astonishing title to go alongside X-Men and Spider-Man and Wolverine. And this one is Astonishing Captain America, being written by Andy Diggle, the writer of none other than Daredevil and Shadowland. So that's definitely one to keep our eyes on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and this one's really cool. Uh, and something that every comic buyer is going to be practically drooling over. They showed off Fantastic Four issue 587, the one where one of the team members finally dies. And by showing it off, I mean they showed the bag that it's going to come in. The comic is going to be packaged inside a poly plastic bag with the new three logo on the front so that when you pick it up off the shelf, you're not going to see who dies yet. And it's funny. Tom Brevoort said, like, yeah, maybe this will keep the spoilers off the Internet for an extra 90 seconds. Yeah, really? <laughs> so it seemed kind of interesting there. Uh, let's see. We got some big milestones coming up next year is going to see iron man issue 600 as well as the 70th anniversary of captain america marvel seems to have some very interesting things planned for that and as well as they talked about at san diego comic-con they're going to be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the ultimate universe with ultimate spider-man issue 150 now what they didn't say at comic-con is that they're actually going to change the numbering of the current Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, which has issue 15 coming out soon. They're changing it back to the original title of just Ultimate Spider-Man and renumbering it starting at 150. So that's uh, that's definitely something to look forward to, a big anniversary issue from their secondary line there. And they talking with Dan Slott, the writer for the upcoming Amazing Spider-Man, about what else he would like to write. And anybody who has played Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions has been reintroduced from a very fun character in Marvel's past. And he said 
he would love to bring Spider-Man 2099 back into Marvel, much like we're seeing with Batman Beyond coming back into the DC universe. At Dan Slott, I've loved everything he's written, so that's definitely something that Marvel, do it, make it happen. I would love to read that. Uh, last bit here for Marvel. Uh, as any of our listeners know, I've been loving Thanos Imperative. I'm a big fan of Marvel's cosmic line. They have refused to answer any fan questions about the future of the cosmic line because they said any answer we give you as to the future of Nova, Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever, will completely ruin the end of Thanos Imperative. So all we'll tell you is that after Thanos Imperative is over, we're going to have a one shot coming out called Devastation Wave. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think it might be a temporary closure for the whole Marvel cosmic saga they've been telling over the last five years because Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, the uh, creators and runners of the whole cosmic line, are actually taking over a new Heroes for Hire comic back on Earth. So uh, I don't know if the writers will be writing both books, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting and I God, I hope it sticks around because I really love those characters. And then one last Comic-Con note coming back to DC. Uh, when asked about Dick Grayson and whether or not he would be returning as Nightwing with Bruce Wayne coming back, DC co-publisher Dan DiDio said, and I quote, Dick Grayson is Batman now. So even once Bruce Wayne comes back, Dick Grayson is going to continue to be Batman And that's going to be pretty interesting. It's very similar to what we're seeing in Marvel with even once Steve Rogers came back, Bucky continued to be Captain America. So, of course, uh, DC can't do anything that Marvel hasn't already done before. Yeah, but that's that's going to screw up the continuity then for the Batman Beyond because there's no mention there whatsoever that he never was Batman. He continued to be Batman up until, well, he couldn't anymore. Well, uh, but you also saw... who knows where in the future things are going to change? Maybe at some point Dick Grayson will go back to being Bat- or Nightwing or what have you. We don't know. Uh, and of course, as they showed off in the upcoming Batman Incorporated series, there's several Batmen on the cover of that comic. So Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson could both be functioning as Batman. Well, that's just wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been enjoying Batman for the last several years, so I don't know if this change will uh, rekindle my interest or not, but uh, I I don't know. Again, just to to quickly say again, having just watched that final um, episode, uh, well, it wasn't of uh, Batman Beyond even, it was that Justice League. Yes, uh, I recommend it to you. Yes, we're in the, and I I remembered we'd seen it, but we hadn't been watching Batman Beyond at that point, so we didn't clue into it. Um, But anyways, having watched that last episode, that episode, which then featured the, the, essentially the end of Batman Beyond, um, it's just... Between that and what I've been reading in the series right now, it just doesn't fit. When you're looking at um, the interactions and the, the history that they talk about with uh, Nightwing, which it, they talk about in episode four, or sorry, issue four of Batman Beyond, that goes against this whole idea that, you know, the, the, that there's no more Nightwing, that it's just Batman now. 
See, that's that's the tricky thing about keeping a future storyline in continuity. Like you can make your future story continuity to the time when you write it. Yeah. But unless you, unless you're controlling the future for both primary titles, unless the same person that's writing Batman Beyond is also masterminding everything else Batman related, it, it's virtually impossible to keep the two in line. So I don't know how that's going to work out. It's going to I don't know. I really don't. It's just that there's I, I understand that there's minor discrepancies that you have to expect but big ones like there being two batman that's pretty that's that's something that would have come up at some point yeah. in conversation i'm thinking <laughs> that's why that's why a lot of those alternate future storylines they say it's a possible future you know yeah. we, we we but you know the batman beyond creators have said no we want to keep this in continuity well that's going to be a hell Good of a challenge luck. yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, they changed something in Batman again. We have to rewrite all of Batman Beyond. <laughs> all right. Well, that that's about it for New York Comic Con. Don't want to go too much on that one because we have two issue number ones that we want to talk about today. The first of which is Chaos War number one, Marvel's uh, big fall event that they have going on. And a brief recap here. Uh, Incredible Hercules, one of my favorite comics over the last couple years, ended with Hercules being trapped in some alternate dimension. So man, that was a huge bad thing. They had this great uh, two issue miniseries where all the Marvel characters came to Hercules funeral. Fantastic stuff because they figured he was done. He was gone. There's no way to get him back. Well, enter Amadeus Cho, Hercules friend, sidekick, what have you. One of the smartest people on Earth managed to attain godhood himself, bring Hercules back, and realizing that a mere mortal was not meant to hold all this power, transferred all of his omnipotence onto poor Hercules. Upon gaining all these phenomenal cosmic powers, Hercules saw the coming of the Chaos King, uh, Amatsu Mikaboshi, the Japanese god of death and destruction, who was responsible for the destruction of Mount Olympus and the death of Hercules' father Zeus bad dude <laughs> he wants not just to destroy earth he wants to destroy everything he wants nothing left he liked the universe a lot better when there was nothing else in it and he wants to return it to that point so that's where we pick up on chaos war we see hercules coming back to earth struggling with his powers and trying to motivate earth's heroes to face this threat that they're not aware of and you get some interesting play on the character here because you see Hercules has been this giant buffoon for ages in Marvel. You know, he's this big oaf, you know, hit things first, ask questions never. It's basically how Hercules works. So when he's trying to rally the troops, nobody knows what to do. I love the things line of, well, you want to know what beer's on sale at Costco? You ask Hercules. You want somebody to save the universe? Uh, you, you might want to look elsewhere. Because <laughs> uh, Hercules, his characterization and the way his story has been told has always been just a fun, big adventure. You know, fun first, serious storylines later. Like there was some good character development, some good plot lines, but it was always about you know, setting up a good joke. It, it was a very lighthearted adventure, you know, hearkening back to the old days of Marvel comics. And <laughs> the, the, one of the, one of the, the big themes in Hercules has been the sound effects. You know, everybody knows the traditional comic sound effects, pow, bam, or any Marvel fan of course knows snicked. Well, Hercules takes that to 
about another 15 levels beyond that with these huge, you know, over the top sound effects with booms and, ba- you know, insanity. But, you know, a, a big fan of it can look at it and see a lot of jokes are built in there. Uh, going back to the Prince of Power miniseries, uh, which was one starring Amadeus Cho while Hercules was gone. <laughs> he he was faced with this group of just nameless, faceless minions. And when he took them out, the sound effect was red shirt. <laughs> as a joke for the old Star Trek. And we see a lot of that here where he punches Balder in the face. And of course, the sound effect is Balder. <laughs> it's just a, it's a lot of fun. And, it, you know, the story is, of course, going to be very important to Marvel. But it's nice to see that they're taking this, you know, big story, but not taking it too seriously. They're still having some fun writing their comics. And that's really what makes what has me enjoying this series. I kind of was on the fence about this the the i'm not a big fan of the hercules comics um and it's not that i was I, I there was a point in my life when i i i read though not comics but i i read a lot about mythology and greek mythology in particular and all kinds of things and and i i loved it but th- then i started not i just I didn't enjoy it quite as much after a point. And so all of these things here, and that's another reason why Thor has never really appealed to me uh-huh. as much. And Hercules, it's just, again, I had that phase where I did, I researched it like hell, I read a lot of books, I loved it, but I kind of not enjoying it as much now. Case in point again with Wonder Woman as well. So I really wasn't excited for this to begin with, but then... Some of the things in terms of making light of, like when you've got somebody who is saying, oh, I'm so tweeting about this. And you're thinking, oh, come on, (laughs) you're trying too hard here. And there's a lot of those lines, those little kind of quips and that just lead me to believe that the writer is trying too hard, trying to be coy and funny and cute when the, the purpose of the story is supposed to be something that's, you know, earth shattering kind of thing so to me it just didn't fit and then i just this whole idea of him not having any control and fighting the 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 heads like and then you're going like oh come on it, it, there was too much of that that it, i mean i can wrap my head around dudes in superhero outfits fighting other dudes and things like that and I'll, <laughs> i can rap i can i can i can you know lend you my credibility and go run with it have fun with it but this here i'm reading it and i'm going oh you're kidding right seriously and i i just uh i didn't enjoy it to be honest i really just didn't Okay, I'm, I, I will contend that it's not something easy for everyone to get into. Just if you look at a lot of the events or almost anything, everything's so serious. Like, you know, Shadowland has maybe one or two one-liners per issue, but it's just so super serious storyline. And, you know, or, you know, what we saw with Siege last year or everything. I just like that with all this really dark and deep characterization that everybody seems to be trying. There are still titles out there that can be fun and lighthearted at the same time while still telling an important story. I think that that's all right, depending on the story that's being told and who is the comedy relief case in point, the Punisher versus the Marvel universe. (laughs) You had a lot of humor there and it worked. It really worked well, but here we've got what is supposed to be an epic tale with gods and they're recruiting all of these superheroes to help them. 
You know, it's pretty bad when the gods can't handle it and they need Wolverine to come and help out, you know? And yet then you have these little quips in there and it just, I didn't find it worked. Okay. Well, speaking of mixing comedy into a serious storyline, that brings us to our next issue number one. Hold on. Before we do that, just one quick about the art. Because it was like, <laughs> if, if you noticed, I'm not if I'm not crazy about the art, I just don't talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> but this is what I'm not even going to say a whole lot about it. If you check on page 27, if you've got it up right now, if not, uh, look at it later on. <laughs> the one panel on the very bottom has Thor and Hercules, and they're kind of looking up in fright at what's going to be the last panel. OK, so it's the second last panel uh, or page, I should say. I swear to God, take a really bad picture that you find online that <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, that, that Thor face is jacked up, man. <laughs> so is the Hercules. But the Thor face is like, oh, my God. See, whoever did the art on this, by the time they got to that panel, they should have decided he's not working on issue number two. Because it was like, oh, my God, that should be your new avatar on Twitter from now on. That Rodney Dangerfield looking Sylvester Stallone. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. Okay, but that's all I wanted to say. Oh yeah, so that's why I keep <laughs> you around. You point out the things that I. When it comes to me, the art's either really good or really bad or in the middle. If it's in the middle, I usually don't bring it up. And overall, the issue is definitely in the middle for me. I've seen much worse, obviously. But before I was interrupted, we were talking about comedy and serious storylines, and our second issue, number one, and that is Uncanny X Force, where. During uh, the mutants' rough times prior to Second Coming, Cyclops commissioned their Black Ops, for for lack of a better term, assassination team, featuring Wolverine and a bunch of bad dudes just going out and taking taking out anybody that got in their way. Well, everybody found out about X-Force. Everybody was mad at Cyclops, so his obvious answer was, okay, no more X-Force. You guys are done. Well... Wolverine's a little bit more of a realist, and he knows that there's still threats out there that need to be responded to. And not everybody is going to be a killing machine. But at some point, something's got to happen. So Wolverine and Archangel reformed the X-Force. And I absolutely love this lineup because as we get, you have Wolverine, you have Archangel. You know, he's not, you know, the nice cuddly angel that we've been seeing over the last few years. Uh, the archangel, angel of death form that, you know, he got from Apocalypse has been becoming more and more part of his psyche. So he he's pretty bad in his own right. We have Psylocke, always a fan favorite, psychic ninja. Deadpool. Eh, we've talked about Deadpool in the past. And a character, Phantom X. Phantom X is a really interesting character. One of the few good things to come out of Grant Morrison's run on the title, in my opinion. And it's really cool because he does fit this team. And he's a character that has so much more story to be told. Like Grant Morrison introduced him, set up this really cool character, and then never talked about him again for the next 60 issues. <laughs> so it's cool that they're bringing him back in. And I, I love Rick Remender. The way he talked about this team is, you know... These characters need each other as much as the X-Men need the team, because if you look at all of them, they, they've all been messed with in the past. If it's, you know, you look at Wolverine, Deadpool, even Phantom X, they were all messed up by various incarnations of the Weapon X program. Archangel, obviously, you know, was a minion of Apocalypse at one point. And of course, Psylocke. Her soul got ripped out of her body and put into somebody else's. So they all have their own 
internal issues to deal with and and being able to play off each other and then not only that relate to each other can lead to some very interesting character developments in the future. And we even saw a little bit of that here. And Reminder, just listening to the guy talk about the series, it makes me so excited to read more about it. So before we get into the actual issue itself, uh, what do you think of the characters? I think it would have been better without Deadpool. He's the only reservation that I have in this. And it's not because I hate him. It's just because it doesn't fit in my opinion. It, it, it just doesn't work. Um, again, that's a personal thing. It's it's certainly not something that necessarily everybody will agree with. But I frankly don't think that he works. I I didn't know this Phantom X. I had no idea who he is. But I, I knew the others. And but even then, Phantom X still fit in properly. Um, th- again, Deadpool is always Deadpool. You you can't <laughs> you can't have a Deadpool that's not the loud, annoying jackass. And I'm not bleeping well, that out because that they say that on TV, <laughs> so it's allowed. Um, but it, and so it it just doesn't it doesn't work for this. Like there, you, you've got so much of the 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 intrigue and the mystery and the 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 the, the bad acidness of these characters that then tossing in this comedy relief i don't know i think they could have gotten some comedy relief from wolverine's one lines instead that it would have been more subtle and 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 drier humor versus deadpool telling jokes while they're jumping out of a window well Deadpool's goofiness is definitely part of the character, but the way it's being portrayed here is much more true to the core of the character than we've seen anywhere else in Marvel lately. Everybody else has just been portraying him as this absolute goon, like completely useless at anything. But you know, going back to the early days of the character, yeah, okay, he ha- he has some quirks, not the least of which is that he actually knows he's a comic book character, but we're not going to get into that. But He's always also gotten the job done, and and that's what X-Force is about, doing what you have to do to get the job done. And uh, in a recent Deadpool storyline, he actually tried to join the X-Men, and it was it was insanity and stupidity. But through that storyline, uh, the Wolverine origin storyline, and even an X-Force storyline from a while ago, Wolverine, while he might not like Deadpool – he respects his skills, and that's why he was chosen for the team because, yeah, he, he's going to be kind of annoying. I, I love that line when Deadpool was captured and Wolverine walks in. There's all this technology. They didn't think to put a gag on him. Yeah, that was <laughs> like, See, again, that's what I mean. Those kind of lines are what could have been the slight comedy relief in there. Um, case in point as well, when Wolverine is charging after the statue and the narration is the man's got a reputation as a tracker. So when he attacks a statue, chances are the statue has it coming. That kind of, again, just... That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. They could have used that instead of Deadpool. That's all I mean. Well, I'm just saying from what, from what I know outside of this issue, from interviews with Rick Reminder... I think he has a better handle on Deadpool's character than anybody else who's written him in recent years. And on that faith alone, I'm buying Deadpool as part of this team. Because at first I thought it was just, oh, another Deadpool thrown in somewhere. But then when you really hear Reminder, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and find that article for you and send it to you. When you really hear him talk about the characters, you'll really get a better appreciation for him as part of the team. But the issue itself, I mean, you know, we, we can't just talk about X-Force and not talk about who they're fighting. They're fighting freaking apocalypse. (laughs) 
that's a way to start off an, a, a new series. Don't don't have some cheap little villain. No, throw Apocalypse, one of the biggest threats in the history of the X-Men, at the team. And yeah, we're running low on time, so I'm going to try and you know, speed this along. That last panel is the creepiest thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> But it, it's it, it's one of those things that we've talked about with all so many other issue number ones that we've been reading over the last couple months. Not very many of them have made you want to pick up a second issue. I don't know about you, but this one definitely has me excited for a second issue. Yeah, I, I actually am. There's um, again, as the noob of the two of us, um, there were parts that I was completely lost about, and that's fine. I, I can appreciate that there, there I'm, has I'm to gonna be... I'm going to warn you right now, at no point ever try to make sense of Phantom X. <laughs> he, he was a Grant Morrison creation. Grant Morrison came up with a couple cool ideas and went, okay, there, but it never made any sense out of the character, and everybody else has just been picking up those pieces and going, okay, we can do something with this. Yeah, but because go on. It, it, it honestly, there's points where I, it just did not make any sense to me. So then I either had to attribute it to bad writing or attribute it to... Um, character development that I had not yet seen because I hadn't read prior issues that where things had been explained. So again, it was stuff that I was willing to accept that, okay, I, I'm, I'm still catching up here. So I still don't know all of this. And so that's why, but yeah, there were points where I thought, I'm, I'm hoping it, it will be better explained in the future. It was done well enough that yes, I want to read the next issue so that I can, appreciate the story that's that they're trying to tell but just hopefully it'll be more clear as it goes on all right well that's definitely a couple issues to keep our eyes on as things go by so uh, to recap lots of great stuff out of comic-con chaos war not for everyone but still good fun and try not to look at the sylvester stallone faces and then x-force uncanny x-force that is definitely going somewhere questions with the cast uh, hopefully we will not be disappointed and of course as usual we have our new releases for today and after a couple of really slow weeks holy crap is there a lot coming out today we have green lantern issue 58 amazing spider-man 645 invincible iron man 31 new avengers number five here's one for you roger shadowland ah, number four that's right yes Thanos Whoa. Imperative number five. I like it. I'm going to bleep it out. <laughs> if you booed for Thanos Imperative. Thor oh. number 616. That's, you know, 615 just came out two weeks ago. So it shows they're, they're you know, spacing these a little close together at the beginning of the storyline, trying to move it along. X-Men issue four. And then for people trying to catch up from older stuff they missed, uh, we're actually seeing a re-release of the first three volumes of Sandman by Neil Gaiman. It's been recolored, uh, remastered, same story, same art, just uh, with a nice little coat of paint over it. And that phenomenal stuff uh, where you see, you know, the Morpheus, for lack of a better term, you know, the god of sleep and dreams has been stripped from his realm. And it's this great quest of just good fantasy storytelling, beautiful artwork. It's good stuff. Check it out. Uh, volumes one through three have been re-released by DC. So that's highly recommended by me. And that's going to bring an end to issue 11 of Bow Down to Us, the Comics Edition. 
Of course, check us out at bowdowntous.com. Lots of big comic reviews finally coming up in the future because September was an awful month. Thankfully, October is making up for it. And chat on the forums, ask questions. That's what we're here for. And we'll see you next week.